We're honored today to have somebody here speaking for us. You know, this is a man that I'm not going to try to build him up too much because, you know, just like any other man, you'd be let down if you built him up too much. But That's right. But this man is a... He's kind of a mentor to me. I started out as a youth pastor in his church. And, you know, he's a, he's been a good friend. And I know he's a true man of God. So... This is Brother Carol Bryant. Come on, Brother Carol. Y'all just welcome him this morning. I know he has a word of God, word from God today. And y'all just give him his, your attention, and I know he's going to have some good things to say for us. For us and to us. Hallelujah. And I'm already happy I got up and came to church this morning. I almost feel like I could pray a prayer of dismissal, go to the house, and wouldn't have missed a thing. Except I got up this morning praying, and uh, man, I believe God's going to do something. Amen. Amen. You feel anything? Amen. Did you get up expecting anything? I can't hardly stand still. Do I have to stand up here? I don't have to stand up here. I'm not going to make anybody nervous, am I, if I walk around a little bit? I, uh, it's kind of difficult for me to stand still while, uh, while I'm speaking, and so I'm just not even going to try. But I want you to know before I make, start making my remarks how happy I am to be here with you today. It is really a joy and an honor to be able to uh, not just share the Word with you, but to share the Word for your pastor, whom we have grown to love and to value and to esteem as a man of God in his own right. Hallelujah. Amen. That's right. And his wife and children, who we just love and adore, and I am so thankful that they're beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like their mom, my wife said. But, uh, you know, I noticed, you know, that all the gentlemen I know in this room are happy this morning. I didn't get a single amen out of that deal. You're going to have to learn to laugh now because when I start preaching, there ain't going to be nothing funny. But I noticed a few minutes ago, oh, about 30 minutes ago, that all the guys that I've known or I can remember for the last six, seven, eight years, you know, honestly, you've aged a little bit. But your wives have not aged a minute in the last six or seven years. Boy, I still didn't get nothing out of that deal. I know where. Daryl, you ain't got nothing to say. He's saying, man. Mikey's not here because I know he'd jump all over it. Open your Bibles, please, to First uh, Corinthians chapter two. I asked your pastor yesterday, said, uh, said, it's okay, you know, I don't want to violate any unspoken rules and things like that that he may have. I said, it's okay if I preach 30, 45 minutes? And he said, yeah, that'd be all right. And he told me about how long he went, and so... 
I was in here this morning, the Holy Ghost fell, and he told me I could preach until somebody went to sleep. So I'm going to take my liberty, and you got to be over 12 to count. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I'm going to read a few verses here, and then we're going to pray one more time. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, verse 1, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Hallelujah. Praise God. Do you know Him crucified? Do you know Him resurrected? Hallelujah. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. Verse 3 says, And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So let's just stop right there and pray. Hallelujah. Father, right now we come to you in the name of Jesus. And we thank you that we can already tell the Holy Ghost is moving in the house today. I pray, Father, that you would give us each one eyes to see and ears to hear what indeed the Spirit of God is saying to this church in this moment of time. I pray, Father, that our hearts would be open to your Word. That as the Spirit of God sows it like a seed into our lives, that we'll be able to bear forth fruit for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, we give you glory for that. Now, Father, I do see the door of utterance open before me. I pray that you'll give me courage and conviction to walk through that door, to say the things that you would have me to say, nothing more and nothing less, keeping my opinions to myself. But, Lord, do help me to boldly proclaim the mystery of the gospel, that my words would be seasoned with your graceful salt in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. So I was, uh, I was getting ready for this. For this message, you know, Kevin called me, I guess, a, a couple of weeks ago, asked me to, asked me to come down, and, and I've been preaching all year, really, on just the simple, most basic, I'm going to have to pull that down a little bit, is that, is that alright with you? On the most simple uh, aspects of the gospel, that is, I've been preaching the blood, I've been preaching the cross. And I've been preaching the rapture of the church. I believe, hallelujah, I believe we are living in the end time. And you know, I am so thankful that God saw fit to allow me to live and allow you to live in what I believe are the most exciting times humanity has ever Seen. If you believe you're living in the most exciting times this world has ever seen, say amen. Let me get going a little bit. Hallelujah. I don't know what kind of, kind of crowd I got. All right. I believe that these are spectacular days. I believe that Jesus could come back at any moment. And I believe that He is coming for those people that are looking for Him. 
And so I've just been attuned on, on uh, how, Lord, help me to say this. I have been attuned to the need to look for Him in every situation and circumstance of my life. That means I'm not just looking for Him to split the sky, though I am. But I'm looking for His hand at work in my life. I'm looking for Him to manifest the Word in my life in every area of my life. That means there is not a secret chamber in my heart. That means, hallelujah. Now that, that means I am doing my best in 2009 to expose the inner man to Him and allowing His light to shine. Allowing the Word to expose things to me, both good and bad. Woo-hoo! That's where, that's where growth comes from, Ron. That's where it comes from. And so, all of that, all I've been teaching, and I've been preaching, and I've been teaching the rapture, and I've been teaching there's power in the blood, wonder-working power in the blood. The redeemed of God are entitled to all sorts of tremendous things because of the supernatural deposits in the blood of Jesus. I'm telling you, hallelujah, I can get my tractor cranked about some blood of Jesus, Jeff. I really can. But this morning, hallelujah, I'm going to start part four right here in Kennard, Texas. And I'm excited about it. I am. I'm telling you I'm excited about it. It may not be exciting on my face, and you may not get excited about it, but I'm looking forward to it. Because I believe these are the end days. Because I believe the blood of Jesus was shed 2,000 years ago so that humanity might be redeemed from the darkness. I also believe today is the day when the Holy Ghost has an intense desire to manifest Himself himself in the lives of His people. That is, I believe that today is the day of demonstration. So that must mean, if I believe that the Holy Ghost wants to demonstrate something to you today, it must also mean that I, I have to open up my life and allow Him access into those places. It also tells me that when the Holy Ghost comes on the scene, the first thing that I believe He always does is He begins to magnify Jesus and do the works of Jesus. So now... We can turn over just for fun. Now we're not going to change. We're not going to change our scripture references yet. Just in your own mind, I want you to think about some of the marvelous things in the New Testament, particularly in the Gospels, that you see Jesus do. We preach Friday night, so we could come down here to be with you today about Bartimaeus. I love the story of Bartimaeus. And I just can't hardly call, uh, uh, make myself calling blind Bartimaeus. I just can't hardly do it. Because Bartimaeus cried out. And he ain't blind no more. Huh? Do you know that when Jesus was walking down that road and he heard that? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. 
The Bible says there was a crowd of people about him, but he heard that one cry of faith, and he responded to one cry. One cry of faith. One cry. It stopped Jesus in his tracks. One man stopped Jesus in his tracks. This sermon ain't about that. I'm just reminding you of that story that I know you already know, and I don't mean to talk underneath you because I'm sure you're smart. Just remember, the cry of faith will stop Jesus in His tracks and the anointing of the Holy Ghost can be released into your life no matter what kind of situation you might find yourself in this morning. That's just a side sermon thrown in for free. Kevin's already paid me by way of Sherry's banana pudding anyhow. (laughs) I've been on a diet. I know you can't tell, but that's because that banana pudding... So here we go. I want to look at verse 4. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. Now, I do want to point out here that I believe the Apostle Paul was pretty smart. And he had a lot of profound things to say. Not just to the church here at Corinth, but to me today. And so this man's teaching has endured 2,000 years. So I do not believe for a moment that he's trying to discount the study of the Word, the impartation of the Spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. I do not believe that he's trying to say here that wisdom is not the principal thing, therefore you don't have to with all of your getting get understanding. What I do believe he is saying, though, is that it's going to take more in this life than just having some wisdom or understanding. Though I do believe in the value of wisdom and understanding. And all the gray-headed people say, Amen. That's right. Amen. I do believe in wisdom. However, I have also learned, i got a few of them gray hairs myself, that it's going to take more in this life, to be successful than just being smart even about the things of God. You're going to have to, excuse my language, grammar, excuse my grammar, not my language, my my language was clean. Some of y'all need to lighten up. It's going to take more than just having a revelation of something. You're going to have to have an experience with something. And so all the thirsty people said they just they just gave themselves away. They said, Amen. They said, That's right, I know I need more than just one more revelation. What I need is an experience, a supernatural experience with a supernatural God. Do you need that? If you don't think you need it, I hope you believe you need it by the time we leave here in a couple hours. (laughs) I'm going to be sound asleep after lunch in two hours, I hope. But I do believe we ought to allow the Holy Ghost to move while we're here. I hope you didn't get up this morning and put on all them pretty clothes and fancy perfume just to come up here and be seen by me because, quite frankly, it's been five years since I preached in Kennard. I hope it ain't five more. (laughs) Five years. That's right. It's been a long time since I've seen some of y'all's beautiful faces. And you're not so beautiful faces. But I wasn't talking to you when I said that. I'm dependent on the moving of the Holy Ghost in my life. 
And so I've decided that I really am thirsty. I'm going to say that again because I don't think it came across just like I intended it to. I say I made the decision to acknowledge that I am thirsty after the things of God. That means I'm not just waiting on some sort of supernatural feeling to show up in my life. I made the decision when I got up out of bed this morning. I rejoiced because I was here. I rejoiced that I spent one more night with my wife of 20 years. And I am thankful that I got to see your beautiful smiling faces. But I rejoice this morning, hallelujah, because I know that I got up thirsty for something bigger than me. I got up for thirsty for something bigger than this beautiful congregation of wonderful smiling faces. Something bigger than all of us. The river of God can flow right through do you believe that? And so this morning, you was eating cathead biscuits and drinking black coffee, and I was walking up and down these aisles saying, let the Holy Ghost fall on the person sitting right here. You was looking to see how the Astros are going to do. We're going to change. Let me look at my time here. Anybody asleep yet? All right, we're still good. I want you, please, to turn. I ask you in reverence to turn to Ephesians chapter 5. In weakness and in fear, and in much trembling, I ask you to turn to Ephesians chapter 5. I have added reading glasses to my repertoire in the last about a month. I'm getting used to it. Hmm. Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to look at verse 15. It says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. Can I get a testimony to the evil days that we're living in? You know, I don't rejoice over it. But I'm pretty sure that I don't have to point out to you that it seems like to me, and and most likely to you, that there is wickedness at every turn. And when I say wickedness, I mean wickedness. They talk about on the news, you know, from Wall Street to Main Street. And I wish they'd listen to me because I'd tell them that we don't want to get off in this. Yeah, we want to get off in this. That is wickedness that led them to the place that they're in. Evil decisions made by evil men corrupting that thing, which is right. I'm going to keep going because I don't want to talk about that. Because the days are evil, wherefore, be not unwise. 
but understanding what the will of the Lord is. How many of you are thankful today that you have the capacity to understand what the will of the Lord is in every area of your life? It's not a mystery. The will of God for your life. Whether you're just starting or whether you're not, it bound up. This here is genuine leather. From cover to cover. The will of God can be found right here. So that means I'm thankful today that I can look in the Word and I can look in it as though it was a mirror. And I can look in here and I can see myself in the story of Bartimaeus. I can see myself in the story of the woman with the issue of blood. I can see myself in Zacchaeus. I can see myself in Noah. I can look in here and I can see myself in the story of the three Hebrew children. Can you look in there and see? Woohoo! Looky there. I've been in that fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I have walked through it, baby, and I can testify that by the grace of God, you can come out and not smell like smoke. Understanding what the will of the Lord is to move in your life, to minister to you. Verse 18. Let's talk about this for just a minute. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with with the Spirit. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. So I would just like to take a moment right here and I apologize to my wife for taking my coat off but it keeps bumping that microphone. So I just want to take a moment right here and acknowledge That every tool of the devil, whether it be drugs, alcohol, illicit sex, all that stuff, all that stuff that they tell you this about and they tell you that about and you see the effects of it, all of that stuff is nothing more than a counterfeit to what is real. It's nothing more than a counterfeit to the real thing, baby, that there is a glory that's available to the believer that far supersedes anything that can be done to your body chemically. And so I wrote in the margin of my Bible, never settle for the counterfeit when you can have the real. Now, you perhaps have never had a problem with the counterfeit. But I'm telling you, this world is filled with men and women 
boys and girls now. We used to could just say teenagers. But now we can dip on down into children that have had serious problems with the devil's counterfeit. That's one of the reasons. It is very important for the church today to present something that's real. That's another reason why we must take a stand as full gospel church members and believers. We must take a stand and say today is the day where we allow demonstrations of the Holy Ghost to work in our lives because I believe that there has never been a 12-step program invented that can knock off some of the stuff that the devil is trying to put on people today. And so I got up this morning thirsty for something that will knock off everything that the devil has ever tried to put on me. I say, I got up this morning looking for a river to flow that will bring healing and health and wisdom and glory and the presence of God into my life and into yours. Hallelujah. Do you believe the river of God can flow right through you? If you don't, then praise the Lord that you're in the right spot. Because I believe today that the Holy Ghost wants to do something, the fellow used to say, up, off, in here. So we're going to look at one more verse before I violate your senses of sensibility on time. And we're going to turn to Acts. See, all the Pentecostal people just got real excited when I made a reference to Acts. <laughs> They say, yes, Acts. Thank God for Acts. <laughs> oh. I'm having to look for the particular verse I want to talk about. Oh, yes. I found it. I guess I ought to share it. Verse 44. Did I not tell you what chapter? Somebody guess. Somebody tell them. Ten. Ten forty-four. Oh, I could have come in here this morning and brought you some theological arguments. I just decided against it. While Peter yet spake these words, now let me tell you what the words were. He was preaching Jesus and him crucified. To the household there. Verse 30. As a matter of fact, let's just back up to verse 38. Now, of course, this is Peter, and he's teaching there. He's trying to figure out really right now what's going on. Verse 38 says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Somebody ought to put your name over that. You bring ink pen to church today, you need to write your name above that. How God anointed me with the Holy Ghost and with power. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good 
and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And so what wisdom does is wisdom has the wisdom to see in verse 38 that it is the will of Jesus to do good in your life. And heal all. Somebody say heal all. all. Thank you. Heal all that was oppressed of the devil. And so what did Jesus do? Jesus lived his life walking around doing good and healing all. The only ones that could not, and I'm going to say could, the only ones that could not receive healing when Jesus taught were the ones, the Bible said they were limited not because of Jesus' power, but because of their own unbelief. And so then what did he do? He went about teaching. So as soon as he encountered unbelief, he started teaching. So verse 44, we're going to skip on back down here. I'm trying to get someplace. I know I'm not getting there quick, but that's all right. While Peter... I got five years of stuff to tell you all in 30 minutes. While Peter... While Peter yet spake these words... The Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And so let me just be real smart with you for just a minute. I don't mean smart Elliot. But I want to point out a couple things here. And one of them is the Holy Ghost fell on those that heard. And so he didn't just fall on those that sat there and listened and didn't really hear anything because it's possible to come to church, kind of listen, kind of not, kind of just be there, kind of just not. It's possible to be there and your mind be somewhere else on something else. But the Holy Ghost fell. The Holy Ghost fell. That must mean that the Holy Ghost fell. I told you I'm a simple kind of a fella. It must mean that they were sitting there, they were listening intently to what the man of God was saying, and while they were hinging on every word, while they were being hungry, they started getting thirsty. And they started drinking. While Peter was talking, they started drinking. They didn't wait to see if the song leader was going to hit the note just right. They didn't wait to see if the preacher was going to use his favorite, their favorite reference. Oh, he didn't bring in. I'd have brought in. This ain't the first sermon I've ever preached. May not tell it, but it ain't. I know what goes through people's minds that'll stop the flow of the Holy Ghost. And a critical heart is the first one. So they were listening. They were taking notes. They were going, yes, yes. Talk to me. Yes, yes. They weren't quiet and still and somber and reverent, and they were reverent, and they were sitting there like this, and the men were sitting there like this, and their wives were sitting like this, and the children were like this, and they were they were sitting there going, yes, talk to me, tell me some more, yes. And you can tell when people are really listening to you because they lean in, you know. I had to go to school so I could make a living, so I learned how body language worked. 
And so I know, not just from hundreds and thousands of sermons and lessons, but you know, I learned scientific ways to tell. If somebody's listening to me, and when people are listening to you, it's written in their shoulders, it's written in their chins, it's in their eyes, and you can tell who's hungry, and you can tell who's thirsty. And on top of that, the Holy Ghost will give the whole thing away because He'll land on top of your head. And so what we need then, hallelujah, is somebody to get so hungry and so thirsty that the Holy Ghost just falls straight on top of what I heard a preacher say a long time ago, on top of your reverential head. Laying right smack dab on top of you. Where he can go about doing you some good. Where he can go about slapping a smile on your face. So he can go about knocking off some of those chains that you brought in here. There's just some things that is going to take nothing less than the pure, unadulterated anointing of the Holy Ghost to deal with in your life. If it wasn't so, we would have never been told to thirst and hunger and desire and thirst and hunger and desire. So it can't possibly be what happens to you totally up to the will of God. Or you'd have never told to hunger and thirst. It was just magically going to happen if the will of God just magically happened. Well, we'd already be in heaven because it's the will of God for all to be saved. This rodeo would be over. And we could quit worrying about this, that, and the other. And if you are worrying about this, that, and the other, I would like to take this moment to encourage you to quit worrying about this, that, and the other. Because there is something greater going on in this world than what Fox News or CNN, either one, if you're being this way or the other, is telling you. Hallelujah! Huh? The will of God is for Him to manifest Himself in your life. And if you leave here without Him doing that, it ain't going to be my fault. Huh? It ain't. You see, because I know I'm going to have to stand up and account one day for the things that came out of my mouth, Dean. So I can't make you hungry. I can't make you thirsty. But what I can tell you is that it's the will of God for Him to pour Himself out upon you. And if you have ever once tasted and seen that the Lord is good, there ain't nothing this world has to offer that will ever take that out of your mouth. There's nothing this world has to offer that will make you forget how sweet He is. There is nothing you can dabble in that will ever make you forget what He did for you when you were on your knees. There is nothing that anybody in this world can ever do for you that will make you forget how He showed up when there wasn't nobody else around. There ain't nothing anybody can do to take the memory of when He binded up your broken heart and it was laying all in the floor in a thousand pieces. And the next thing you know, that baby is healed and well and your marriage is right and your kids are right and your body's strong. And the next thing you know, you're not a fool no more. 
but you got the wisdom of God and you walk around saying crazy stuff. Like, I've got the mind of Christ, bless God. I know I'm coming in and I know when I'm going out. I know I'm going over and I ain't going under. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the victory is mine and I'm walking in victory. I'm not walking in defeat. Excuse me for getting excited about it, but I've been defeated in life before and it stinks to high heaven. Ain't nothing about it right. On top of that, there ain't nothing about it godly. There ain't no honor in it. No, it ain't scriptural. There's no honor in walking around all defeated mealy mouth. I'm about to preach myself out of breath and I've been jogging. I know you can't tell it, tell it by looking at me, but I've been running. Just to get ready for this, Kevin. I believe that the wise man, the wise man, the wise man, I'm saying it till you get it, the wise man, I'm talking about the wise man or the wise woman or the wise child. The wise one, the wise one says, I got to get filled. I believe the fool says, I wish that preacher would shut up so I can go home. You might as well draw the line of distinction because, baby, the line of distinction is coming. You got that, Jeff? I said the line of distinction is coming. There's going to be those that are hot and there's going to be those that are cold. And I can deal with both of those. But you need to read the last book, baby. If you think fence straddling warm is going to do anything. Well, I'll just... You know, if I feel like it, I'll, if the preacher smiles at me just right, I'll, I'll, I'll pay my tithes if all my bills come in just right. Oh, I done brought up something else. Huh? No, no, baby, the wise man hungers and thirsts. The wise man hungers and thirsts. The wise man sees their own lack outside of him and says, the only way I'm ever going to get complete is if he comes and does something on me because I know myself, baby. I know. I know. You know, I'm not, I'm not a teenager that's 10 foot tall and bulletproof no more, baby. I know my own limitations. But I also know that he'll move in the area of my limitations and make those things that were weaknesses in my life strengths unto his glory. Amen. 